0: Hey Church, it's so good to be back with you again. Even if you're scrolling through the internet today and you stumble across this message, can I say stop scrolling here? I've got a message for you today. You know what through lockdown it's been long. Who knows that lockdown's been long? Been longer than we possibly could have imagined. It's still going on, it's getting tiring, it's been long. But who knows this? you've still got a great life to lead. God's still got a great plan for you. And so I feel inspired today to bring you a message to stir something on the inside of you to go again, to stir something on the inside of you, not to get dragged into the, oh, it's been long, but actually to think, my life matters. I've got one shot of this and I'm gonna make it count. Come on, is there an amen in the chat box? You've got a good life to lead and I wanna stir you up. Because here's the thing, my prayer today is that God could stir something in your heart to make your life go to another level. Do you know there's always another level? Sometimes we settle for this mediocre, but there's another level. Let's stop watching else, everyone else enjoy this another level of life. Let's start each of us grabbing hold of the best that God's got for us. Amen? Come on, let's press into this. So lockdown's been long and I know after the initial shock, lots of people, me included, lots of us started making plans. We suddenly had more time than we've ever had before. We started making plans, we started doing stuff. I know in our house, we started doing the Joe Wicks workouts. Did anyone do the Joe Wicks workouts? Come on, in the chat box, let's get engaging today. I did the Joe Wicks workouts. Do you know, in the first few weeks, he had more than a million people across the world joining in. I mean, the guy's a genius, fair play to him. He gathered over a million people to work out together. That's awesome. But here's also the truth maybe 10 weeks down the line, it started to dip down a little bit and it petered out and now he's ended it entirely. And it says to me that, although that's one example, it's kind of what happens to people when things go on a long time. There's an initial excitement, there's an initial change, maybe a little bit of shock, and we start thinking, oh, I could use this time, and we go for it. And then it drops down. So today I want to use this opportunity to stir you again to instigate what I want to call a second wind. Could we go again? But this time, could we go at a pace that we can keep with? Could we go with a plan that we can walk out? Not peak early and drop off, but to have a trajectory that I'm keeping this going and as the time goes past, I'm going to end up with my life in a place that I've only ever dreamed of because you can. So what are you passionate about? You know, if we're going to start stepping towards something, it needs to be something that you're passionate about, and everyone's passionate about something. What did you dream of? What does the vision look like for you? What does a better life look like for you? And we might all have a different picture of that, but you've definitely got a picture. What does it look like? Could we start shifting things? Maybe for someone out there, it's a different career. Is it time you start working towards changing your career? You spend a long time at work, do you love it? You know, is it that you wanna be a different kind of parent? Maybe through lockdown you've spent time, more time at home than ever before, and you've started to realise, actually, I love spending time with my children. Or maybe you found that you're too harsh or too soft, or whatever it might be. Is this the time to reevaluate and start stepping towards being a better parent? How about being a better spouse? The biggest question you could ask your spouse is, am I good to you? You know, is this time to start thinking about improving areas of our lives? Is there a gift you want to develop? Maybe you're in music, or or athletics, or teaching, or whatever it might be. Is it time to start working consistently towards taking an area of your life to a new level? Not shooting up and peaking, not being able to maintain it and dropping off, but to say, I'm making a plan so that my trajectory of my life is continually going upwards, so I work towards a different level. The trouble is, If we just start getting all content and we just tick along with no real aim the years pass us by and we look back having lost those years and think what did I do what did I achieve but when you have a goal a goal is a good thing because it gives you focus you're aiming at something it brings healthy challenge and it's helped you to choose what you will allow in your life and what you won't allow in your life goals are good So rather than using this ongoing lockdown period as a marker for bringing change, could we just choose today to take life by the scruff of the neck anyway? Not linked with lockdown, but this is my one life. I've had a pause and a moment to think and I'm going to make a change and I'm going to aim for something and I'm taking my life by the scruff of the neck. I'm going to make a longer term plan and as I step towards that, it will bring joy to you it will bring joy to you because you're doing something that you're passionate about, that you want to do. You know, this lockdown might be long, but you know what? There's a long, long life after it. And wouldn't it be great if after a message like today, we say, we're not just focusing here in this moment in lockdown and however long that might take, but there's many years beyond that that I want my life to count for. So my title today in today's message is, so what are you going to do? So what are you going to do? It's a great question to ask. This thought process got me looking at famous characters, biblical characters and and characters in in our world that have just done some stuff. Consider Noah. Now, most people will know Noah's story, Noah and the ark. The rainbow, the rain came, Noah was saved. But look at it like this. God spoke to Noah. God stirred Noah and put a dream in his heart and a passion in his heart. Build me a great big boat. And the trouble is, and this is what we need to understand, it was at a time when they had seen no rain for years and years and years. And it was going on and on longer than they wanted it to. Anyone can relate to this right now. And God says, build me a boat. Why? Because it was a plan linking him to a better future. And so Noah was obedient and God put a passion in his heart and he starts building this boat. And do you know what? It took years and years and years and decades, and decades, and it went on for ages. But Noah was passionate about it. Noah had a dream in his heart. God has spoken to Noah and he put something in him and he kept hammering those nails and people walking past Noah going, what are you doing Noah? We haven't seen rain for ages, there's no water anywhere and you're building a boat and you've been taking years over it. And Noah's like, yeah, but I've got a dream. I'm making a plan. God's spoken to me and I'm going to keep going. This might be taking longer than I thought it was going to do, but I'm going to finish the job. Every nail I hammer in is making more of this boat. Every plank of wood I put up is making more of this boat and I'm just taking a step at a time. And what happened? We know the story. The day came when it rained. And you know what? The rain fell on everyone. And the very thing that pushed everyone else down was the same thing that lifted Noah up. Why? Because Noah had spoken to his God. Noah had spoken to the Lord and said, what do you want me to do? And God says, I'm going to use you. I've got a plan for you. I've got a bright future for you. Build me a boat. And it might take you years, and it might look silly right now, but if you're obedient and you do what I ask you to do, this is going to set you up for a better future. And so Noah built this boat and it lifts him up. Why? because he pursued a dream that was in his heart. And even though it took years, he didn't give up. He didn't waver, he just kept going. Even when it seemed futile, he kept going. And it was that persistence to follow that dream that ultimately saved the planet. Me and you were here for, because of him. You think of Daniel. We know the story, Daniel in the lion's den. But Daniel was taken captive into an unusual place, Babylon. And now Daniel was a clever man. He'd already been marked out. So he had some skills. He was an intelligent guy. But what he had to do was he had to master the culture of Babylon, the history of Babylon, the way the Babylonians lived, their gods, their their literature, everything. He had to master it. And I want to show you with just this quick scripture here. Daniel chapter 1, verse 5. It says this. The king assigned them, this is Daniel, The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. Here's the thing. See, Daniel didn't rock up and just suddenly become this guy. It took three years. But Daniel dedicated himself. And he said, I'm not just going to study at a level. I'm going to be the best. And in having that dedication to be the best, what happened? He got noted. He became known. The king knew who he was. He was the best of the best. Why? Because for three years, not three days, three weeks, three months, three minutes, three years, he dedicated himself to position himself for a better future. And what happens? The day comes when the king says, you all need to bow down to me. And Daniel said, no, no, I'm drawing a line here. I've learned all about your history. But I serve the one and only true God. I'm only going to bow down to the one and only true God and because he was known, it was highlighted. Why was he known? Because he'd put the effort in for years to position himself for that place. And so the king got angry and he said, throw him in with the lions, tie him up and throw him in with the lions. And what happens? God protects him. Why? Because he honored God and God honored him. And so when they got up in the morning and they went to see what had happened in the lion's den, there was Daniel not a hair touched absolutely fine and he gets out and the king says your god is the true god your god has saved you in this moment the whole nation needs to bow down to daniel's god Why did he get to that place? Because for three years, he dedicated himself to make himself the best. And as he got to be the best, he was known. And when he was known, he made a stance for his God. And it changed a nation. You see, sometimes, people, it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes things go on for long. But if we have a dream and we're dedicated, we get there and we have a better life and we can make a difference. I hope you're feeling inspired right now. There's this amazing guy called George Weyer and he is the only African football player to be named the FIFA World Player of the Year. He's the only African to win the Ballon d'Or. And and so this guy had this amazing football career, but when he came to the end of his career, he wanted to go back to his home nation of Liberia and become a politician. His dream was to be the president. So when he went in, because he was famous, most famous African footballer of the time, because he was famous, he had a name. And so they thought, we can get behind this. But as he pursued his political career, he lost out in the early stages of voting. And the reason he lost out is because they said he wasn't educated enough to hold the position. So what did he do? Did he think, oh, that's no good. You know, I'm a famous football player, I should be able to go into it. Did he say that? No, no, no. Do you know what he did? He went back to high school. You know, the equivalent of redoing his GCSEs. Famous millionaire footballer. Older in years. He went back to high school. He got his high school diplomas. He didn't stop there. He went on to to the Miami University and studied there for three years and got a degree. He didn't stop there. He knocked on and went on and got a master's degree. And then he went back into politics if you add those years of study up, it's a lot of years of study. It took commitment, it took passion, it took drive. I'm sure there were days that he thought, what am I doing, I want to give up, but do you know what? He didn't give up, and he kept pursuing his dream. He kept positioning himself, and do you know what? He became president of Liberia. And my point is this. These stories we looked at right now are about people who have dedicated themselves over years to position themselves for a better future. The trouble is guys, we live in a quick fix society. We live in fast food. We live in a place where you can press a button and buy something and it appears at your door. We can change the channel, we can buy a movie right now. Everything's so, so fast. But you know what, some things in life take time to position yourself for. And we've had this lockdown period and at the beginning, many of us made some plans. And I think if we're honest, those plans have subsided. But how about today's the day you think, hang on a minute, what's really important to me And I'm going to make plans to step into it and be consistent and go on the long haul so that one day I can look back in today and say, that was a great day for me because I made a choice and it's changed my life. My life is better for it. Successful people, I think this is the mark of successful people in our world, that they make a plan, they get busy about that plan, they're consistent, they don't waver and they stick at it. But here's the great thing. As men and women of faith, if you will do the practicals, if you will be consistent, if you will make plans, if you will put the effort in, if you will stick at it and not waver, and then you say, God, I'm offering this to you, and you get God right in the middle of it, God can bless it. God can open doors that wouldn't have opened. God can connect you with people you would have never have met. God can work circumstances in your favor because He loves you and He's willing. He's your Father in heaven who is wanting to open doors for His kids. That's me and you. So if we can do our part and we can go to God and say, "I'm going to do my best. Will you do the rest?" God can do some stuff. Let me show you a passage. Proverbs 16 and verse 9. It says this: in the hearts of, in their hearts. Humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. You see, when you make a plan, when you get a dream in your heart, when you decide you want to make a change and you start planning it and walking it out, what does God do? He says, I can bless that. You make the plan and I'll establish the steps. I like to look at it like this. If I'm a ship, God's my rudder. But if a ship isn't moving, the rudder can turn left and right and left and right and it does nothing to the ship. But when the ship starts to move, you turn the rudder and the whole ship turns. And so we need to be making a plan. We need to be making forward steps because then God says, I can do something with that. I can guide you. But if you're just going to keep looking at it, thinking about it, praying about it, talking about it and not doing anything, I can't move anything. And so guys, is today the day you say, lockdown's been long, but I'm not worrying about lockdown, I'm taking my life, which is a long time, by the scruff of the neck, and I'm making a plan to walk out some of my dreams, some of my passions, some of my hopes, I want to position myself for something better, and I know God will bless me. How does that? And this is all something, this whole idea of longevity, this whole idea of staying the course, this whole idea of it not being a quick fix, but a long-term thing, God has demonstrated this. You see, God planned. You see, when you look back at the Old Testament many, many years ago, God instigated a place of worship. He said to Moses, I want to come and dwell with you. I want to come and be with your people. And so he got Moses to build this tabernacle, this, this tent of meeting, this place where people could walk in and draw near to God the place where God's presence would rest. And God would invite invite people in, come, come and be in my presence. And it was this whole idea of drawing us a picture to what it's like to take a step towards God's presence, a step towards God's presence. And the the media team, and can I right now say a massive thank you to our media team. None of you see this stuff, but I know, I know, I know many man-hours behind the scenes are putting things together, linking things up, splicing things together, making it sound good and look good. Bless you, media team, production team. You are amazing. We love you. Please put a nice comment to them in the chat box. So, so good. Our, our uh, production team will now put a picture on the screen. Of, and this is like a, a diagram of the tabernacle. And you will see there are three sections there is the outer court there is the holy place and there is the holy of holies three sections now psalm 100 says we enter his courts with thanksgiving in our hearts we enter his courts with praise and so there's this idea that as you walk in it's like thank you god that you want to have a relationship with me that you love me and you're for me i've got something to be thankful about and i take a step towards you but as you notice in there you will see that there's this the first thing you come to as you go into the outer court is is the altar of offering It's this 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 altar of sacrifice of burnt offerings this altar of burnt offerings and it's a place where as you walked in you would take an animal as an offering and and it would be sacrificed and blood would be shed, and it would be it'd be a sacrifice uh, 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 to our God and then you take a step past that and you go to the labor, It's this place of ceremonial cleansing, this washing. And so once you've entered in and you've made your sacrifice and you've, you've washed, you could step into the holy place. You could step into that place where you're now really close to God. And in the holy place there you'll see you'll see this this picture there of it's at the altar of incense and they would burn all these sweet smelling herbs and spices and it was a distinct smell and what they would do was it'd be a bit like today when we have vicks you know if you've got a cold and you put vicks in some hot water and then you put you put a towel over your head and you lean over the vapors and you breathe it in and the vicks gets down your your nostrils and it helps to clear clear it up and up. they would do that they would get into the holy place They would go to the altar of incense and they'd put their cloak over their head and breathe it in. And the the smell would get on the skin and the beard and, and down their throat and on their clothes. And the picture is this, that when they left the temple, people would know they'd spent time with God because they could smell it. The smell of the presence of God was on their clothes, in their hair, on their breath. They smelled, you could, you've been in the presence of God. I can smell it. But then you can see just after that, there's this veil. And behind the veil, it's like a great big curtain, and behind the veil is the very presence of God in the Holy of Holies. And only a priest was allowed in there occasionally. And and so there was this idea of you could get close to God, but you couldn't get right in there. You could get close enough that you could smell of the presence of God, but you couldn't get right in and touch the the heart of God. And there's this, this journey that's been pictured there. But you see, it's picturing a journey of how to get in the presence of God. We enter with thanksgiving, we make our sacrifice, we cleanse ourselves, we stand in the presence and the aroma of God at touching distance. But all of this really was God's long-term plan to help humanity really have a deep relationship with him. You see, if God had unveiled everything right at the beginning, it would have blown man's socks off. We'd have been like, whoa, we'd have been so disoriented. So what did God do? He created a long-term plan over the centuries to slowly reveal a bit more of himself so that man could grasp it so me and you could live in a time like now and fully grasp this stuff you see when you look at God with Abraham he called Abraham he said look up And all Abraham really knew that God was up there somewhere. And he had this relationship with God who was up there somewhere. And God said, will you leave your place and go somewhere I'm calling you to? And he said, yes. And he's the father of our faith. But he knew God was up. And then he spoke to Moses and said, you know, I want you to build me a tabernacle. And I want you to put the ark of my presence in there. And he said, I want to dwell in a place. And so they could go to a, a place. And then he spoke to Solomon. He said, Solomon, I want you to build me a lavish temple. And he, and he gave him great details. In what, there was specific details about the materials to use and the sizes to make things. And there's lots of details and there's stacks of messages right in there, but that's not for today. But there's this, this idea of getting to the presence of God with the excellence. And it was this same process. But then came Jesus. And so now we've gone from God being up there to God being in this place. To God made man walking with us, saying, I'll do this life with you. I'll demonstrate heaven on earth through my son. I I love you enough to do this. And what happens? Something very special happens when Jesus goes to the cross. You see God's plan. All these decades, all these these hundreds of years have gone past where we've understood so much. And then suddenly we go, ah, that's what it is about. God had a plan to help us understand all this time and it's taken us this long to grasp it. You see, what happens? Jesus, the Lamb of God, goes to a cross as a sacrifice. See, we enter the courts and our first step towards God through sacrifice. But Jesus is our one-time, once-and-for-all sacrifice. We don't need to make sacrifice anymore. Jesus has made the sacrifice. All we need to do is say, thank you for your sacrifice, Jesus. Thank you that you spilled your blood on my behalf to forgive my sins so I could step into a closer relationship with the Father. You see, in Jesus, we are washed and cleansed. You know the bible talks about washing of the word as we read the word of god it kind of cleanses us it gets us thinking how god thinks it takes us away from the thinking of the world and the futileness of it all and we're washed by the word and we're cleansed by the blood and all this stuff's going on here at the cross and when jesus says it is finished and he's done his job and he breathed his last breath do you know what happens the veil in the temple splits in two from top to bottom it just completely breaks and do you know what that means? That means everyone now has access right into the very presence of God, right into the Holy of Holies. Jesus tore the veil. So now where we live and with our understanding right now, we don't have to worry about sacrifices and all this washing, this ceremonial stuff. Jesus has done it all. We have free access and God's always wanted us to have access. But he had to take humanity on a long journey to help us to grasp it. But you know what? That's not the end of it. It gets even better. Because Jesus said, it's better I go to my Father. Why? Because when I go, I'm going to send my Spirit. And you see, here was Jesus walking on earth, one place, one person. But when he sends his Spirit, his Spirit can be everywhere in all people. And the whole thing is this. We have an opportunity now to say, Holy Spirit, I want you to live in me. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19, it says this do you not know that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit who is in you whom you've received from god you are not your own so here's the thing it went like this god was up for abraham god called moses to to position him in a tabernacle he said to solomon make it splendid make it splendid And then he sent Jesus and I'm going to walk amongst you. And then Jesus fulfilled all the criteria on our behalf. And more than that, he says, I'm going to go and send my spirit because I want to not be up here, not be over here, but I want to be in you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. This is just amazing. This means I'm a walking, talking temple. You know, when people say, oh, do you go to church? So often people think about a building. But do you know what? The church isn't the building. The church is the people. It's me. It's you. It's us. Because the spirit of God lives in us. We are the temple. And when we come together in a church context, we all get together and the praise goes up and the spirit of God comes down. And it's amazing. That's why we love it. And that's why it's so, so important. So God is in us. God committed to the long haul of demonstrating to humanity how good he is, how loving he is, the relationship he chooses to have with us. And all we need to do right now is say, thank you, Jesus, I accept. And then we have free access. The veil is torn. The criteria is met. The sacrifice is made. Thank you, Jesus, that you did all that on my behalf. And God took time. It wasn't a quick fix. It was over time that he's shown us this stuff. So what does this mean for you? Well, it means that your life is super valuable. It means that you are super important. You, like the temple, are made on purpose and for purpose. God gave gave Solomon a, a criteria. I want it like this, I want it this size, I want these things. When God made you, he made you fearfully and wonderfully. He says, you're gonna be awesome. He says, I've got great plans and dreams for you. I'm putting talents and gifts in you. You're a very special person. And each of us now carry these passions all kinds of different passions. We, we all carry these talents and these gifts. We've all got these dreams. And do you know what? You have a contribution to make. Your life counts. This is why we can't drift. This is why we can't just plod along. This is why we can't just let time pass us by. Because you're too important. Because you have a contribution to make. The world's a better place when you're fired up and got passion in your belly. So come on, let me stir you today. Let's stop doing the lockdown drift and start thinking I've got a long life to live and I'm gonna grab it iron of the scruff of the neck because I can't. For me, I choose to do life with God. And every single day, I stand in the presence of God. Every single morning, I'm like, God, you are welcome here. You're God and I'm not. I submit to you and I bow the knee. I'll follow you and I just I'd walk in his presence. And I know this, if you spend some time with me, you'll know. I smell different, and when I mean that, I don't mean I smell, (laughs) thank you, I mean you can just smell the presence of God in my life. It's amazing that you walk with someone who spends enough time with God and you suddenly think, wow, you're blessed things just work out in my favor and do you know what it's not a fluke it happens too many times do you know what it is it's that I've got passionate do you know what it is it's that I've made a plan do you know what it is I've not wavered from the plan and I've kept going and God says Barry I'm with you I'm going to open doors from you I'm going to have favor on you I'm going to connect you I'm going to provide for you and everyone looks and goes oh it always works out for you and do you know why because my God is with me I am walking out the truth of the Bible and it's brilliant and it's the same for you too, if you commit to the long haul of saying, I'm gonna make my life count, I'm gonna keep you God right in the middle of it, and we're gonna walk this thing out together. You have to make a choice. I'm not amazing, but my God is amazing in and through me. I know who I am, I'm a child of God, I have access to the Father because of Jesus, and because of that relationship I had, I look at life differently. I don't have to look at life full of fear and worry and what's going to happen and what my finances are going to look like and what my health is going to be look like, what's my relationships going to be look like, how am I going to pay? I don't have to do that. Do you know why? Because my God provides. Yes, I'm diligent. Yes, I walk it out as best I can. But as I do my best, God just comes in with wave after wave of blessing and it's the best life. You know, as I spend time with my God, I get to walk out Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, you know, the Lord says, I have good plans for you, to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. And it's true. And so as you start doing life with God, you start to feel his heartbeat. And as you start to feel his heartbeat, you get his passions. And as you start to walk out life with him, you start finding, my life is good. I do have lots of hope. I do have a future. But you know, I am prosperous. Why? Because I choose to honour God. I choose over the long haul of my life to do my best to do the right thing and I don't give up. Now the Apostle Paul took this kind of stuff really seriously. Here in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24 he says this, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. What Paul is saying here is that there's loads of stuff in life But the thing I am making important is to put the thing that God's placed in my heart first. And so as I do that, everything else falls into place. He makes it important. He says, I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to get sidetracked. But all the other options, I'm heading somewhere. He committed to the long haul. And you know what? Ultimately, this all boils down to vision. See, vision creates purpose. And vision is a picture of a future that produces passion. And when I say passion, passion is like that willingness to do whatever it takes. There might be painful days, it might hurt sometimes, it might be difficult sometimes, but you know what? I care enough about this project to keep going, because it means something to me. It's that willingness to do what it takes to get there. And what happens? It breeds joy. Because every time you take a small step forward, towards your dream. You're like, I'm getting there. And then one day you take a great stride forward. And you're like, yes, it's happening. I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm not back where I was. I'm moving forward. Why? Because I committed to the long haul. I didn't go up and down. I didn't spike and fall. I've stayed on a trajectory, a trajectory that I know I can manage, but I'm going to keep moving. And as I continue to keep moving, God gets behind me and he steers the ship And amazing things happen on the journey. Why? Because my God's for me. He loves me. He's got a plan for me. And do you know what? He lives in me. Because my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so is yours. It brings us to that place of saying, I'm valuable. I have a dream. I'm making a plan. I'm committing to it. God's with me. Come on, let's go. Can you see? These kind of things just breed passion for life. You know, every example we looked at through today's message took years. But the trouble is we live in this quick fix world, don't we? So how about thinking about something in your world you're passionate about that is just bigger? Not something you're going to achieve next week. Not something you're going to achieve next year. But something bigger. Something to aim at. Something to work towards. Something that can take a little bit of effort. Something maybe, just maybe, you need God to get behind to get you there and then start taking steps. And it might take a while. It might take years, but take steps. And what you're doing is you're creating a journey, and on the journey, you're growing your gift. And as you're on the journey growing your gift, you're growing your passion. And as you're growing your passion, you're growing your expertise. And what happens is you look back over the years and you look, wow, my life's changed. It's so much better than it once was. I'm so glad I made a decision that day to start the journey and to keep going. How about this people, those of you out there who love Jesus right now, how about this, would you go to God and say to him, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Because if we truly believe his plans for us are good, whatever he wants us to do will end up for our good. And sometimes we need to be challenged, challenge ourselves enough to say, I'm open Lord, what is it? I'll run with you and he won't get you to do something you can't do. Do you know why? Because he crafted you at the beginning, and he puts skills in you, and he knows what skills you've got, and he's not going to ask you to do something he didn't put the skill in there for. And so as you start using the skills that God gave you for the task that God gives you, you fulfil it. It's God-ordained, but it comes from that place of consistently seeking God and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm prepared to go on the journey. I'm up for the long haul. This isn't about a quick fix. This is about me going on a journey of a big dream and making a difference. My life counts. So could today be the day that we shake off this lethargy of lockdown? It's gone on long. It's gone on long. We're all getting a bit tired. But how about we say, no, I'm not gonna feel like everyone else in my world feels I'm shaking it off because today counts. How about we start to plan, we start to ask questions, we start to discuss, we start to stir ourselves up, we start to pray, and we start to position ourselves for something better. We can all make excuses. We could all sit there and go, it's all right for you, it's all right for her, it's all right for him, it's all right for them. We can all make excuses. Every single one of us could make excuses. But the one who's gonna succeed will be the one who goes, I could make every excuse under this sun, but today I'm gonna make a start. I'm just going to make a start and I'm going to be consistent. And as I'm consistent, God is going to guide me and steer me and provide for me and connect me and open doors for me. Why? Because I'm choosing to go on it. I'm choosing to keep him in the middle of it and I'm pressing for it. I'm up for it, Lord. I'm going to do my best. Will you do the rest? I love that phrase. I love this here with Isaiah. I love his attitude. It's a great final verse for you here. Isaiah 6 and verse 8 says this, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Hey, what a great, what a great response. Are there hearts out there tuning into this message right now that are willing to say, God, whatever you want of me, I'm up for it. I'm willing, because here's the truth. There's a world out there that needs you to flourish. There are people out there that need Jesus. And here we are carrying this Jesus and we need to demonstrate him, show him. There's a life for you to grab hold of it. So if I can go all the way back to the start of my message and my title. So what are you going to do? So what are you going to do? Do you know, I hope some of these thoughts have stirred you. I hope it's been a bit challenging. I hope you're going to take a step back and think, OK, well, how do I process that? What does that look like for me? But I know this, you're a valuable and important person. And if you'll make a great choice today and go on a long haul journey, the day will come when you look back and go, I am so glad I made that choice that day. We'll be celebrating with you. There'll be lives that have been transformed on the way. There'll have been laughter on the way, tears on the way, but it would be an adventure. Or you can just be mediocre and it'll be okay. But hey, who wants that? Come on, don't we want an adventure in life? Don't we want to count for something? Don't we want to say, Jesus died on a cross for me, not so that I could be mediocre, so that I could be epic? And so today's the day I'm grabbing my life by the scratch of the neck and I'm going to start running for that dream I've always hoped for. Come on, I hope this is giving you a second wind in this lockdown period to think about it again and to press. Would you allow me to pray for you? Father God, I just thank you for every amazing person that's tuned into this message. Lord, I pray for inspiration. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just touch people's hearts, uh, press into people's thinking, and and just shift things a little bit. I pray for encouragement. Lord, I pray that as people make a step, you'll give them an an early win, something to encourage them to say, wow, this this is going well. Lord, I pray that they'd be connected to the right people, that doors would open for them. Church, I just believe good things are coming your way. But they're coming your way after you make a choice to say, I'm willing. And more than that, that you make a decision in your heart to say, I'm staying the course. This isn't a quick fix. This is me going on a journey. Lord, I want to pray for people who are passionate about you. Lord, that you'd put projects, missions, people groups on our heart. And you would use people like us to be a blessing to the people around us. You called us to bring heaven to earth. Lord God, I just declare a fresh anointing on the church to bring heaven to earth. Hope, healing, provision, joy, peace, the whole shebang. Lord, use people like me to bless this world, I pray in Jesus' name. And hey church, I wonder today if you've tuned in, maybe today for the first time, maybe over the past few weeks, is today the day you say yes to Jesus? It is literally the best and biggest decision and most life-changing decision you'll ever make. I think I've unpacked it a little bit today that Jesus went to a cross to die on your behalf so you didn't have to make the sacrifice. He's done it for you. And as we say yes and go on a journey with his Father, we go off on the inside. Life changes. We see things differently. It's like we have this moment we just realise, and then there's the hope of heaven. There's the hope of a better life. There's healing from the inside out. Life just gets better. And it begins by you saying yes to Jesus. So if you're someone who wants to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to pray for you right now. All you need to do is say amen. And we'd love it if you would just message us at the church, at the email address, essexequippers.co.uk, or put a note on the chat box, or find us on Instagram or Facebook or any of those places, because we want to stand with you, we want to walk it out with you and, and, and laugh and share this life together. So let's pray a prayer. Father God, thank you that you love me. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he went to a cross for me that made the ultimate sacrifice to me, for me. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that he didn't just die, but he rose again and he defeated everything that that could ever come against me. And so today I choose, Jesus, to invite you into my heart. Come and live in me. Let me be the temple. And Lord, I ask that you'd lead me forward and I choose to go on the long haul journey with you today. And all God's people said, Amen. Hey, I hope that inspired you. I hope that blessed you. I hope that brought some challenge to your life. But I'm going to hand back to Daniel and Sarah right now. Be blessed. Have a great week.